0: Episode two, the
1: road, the stage. Somehow we made it to an episode two. That's great.
0: We did. We did. Actually, we rec- much like the said, the whale uh, talk, interview, whatever, from uh, episode one, we recorded this many weeks ago. Eric Owen with Black Pistol Fire, who I'm a huge fan of, not just the band, but his drumming in general, like a monster.
1: Now, do you recall seeing a band that you had absolutely no idea about? You saw them live and were like blown away.
0: Yeah, I do. But it's not. That's uh, I'm going to have to really think about that. There's probably a long, long list.
1: So for me, Black Pistol Fire is the opposite, where I had one of their management uh, team had been emailing weeks and weeks and weeks ahead. You got to see this band live. You got to say, oh, this band is the best band live. You're going to want to play the single after Mm -hmm. you see this band live. And so expectations were pretty high the first time. And they came into Bose and just destroyed the yeah, place. I, it was so good.
0: Those, uh, this is a band who I think exceeds any possible expectation you could have. Because I've been listening to them for years. I've never seen them before. I knew it was going to be pretty explosive. Eric talks about how good of a frontman. man. Um, uh, help me out here. Kevin. Kevin is. And, um, yeah, they, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. It's insane. I was sweating just standing there.
1: I'm sweating now.
0: Yeah. Episode two,
1: ready to get underway. Eric Owen, Black Pistol Fire. All right. Okay. Well, we'll jump into things, uh, Eric. Uh, Yeah. The last time we saw each other was almost exactly a year ago. It was March tenth, twenty twenty. That date, unfortunately, is easy to remember yeah because that's the last show that we had in red deer and that's the last show you guys would have played as well right
2: that is definitely the last show we had it's a horrible day it was a great day at the time uh but in hindsight you know because i love red deer and it's a great show in hindsight uh what a horrible day in history <laughs> <You know? laughs> um but yeah that was the last time it's wild to think uh who knew and it's crazy how at the time everyone thought like oh it'll be a couple weeks Maybe a couple months, and then here we are a year later.
1: Like, when you guys left, so you left Red Deer, and then the next show was going to be in Calgary, and that one got canceled. Did you guys think of, like, just camping out in Calgary for a little bit, or what Like what kind of followed in those
2: days? No. So we got to Calgary, and even when we got to Calgary, when we played Red Deer, and we figured things were getting dicey. Um, a lot of stuff was getting canceled, big shows. Obviously, the, the day that when the NFL, sorry, NHL and NBA canceled or postponed their seasons, that was whoa, this thing is real. Um, so we drove to Calgary, and we were actually at a station in Calgary, uh, uh, X92, I think. Uh, we were at the alternative station in Calgary kind of doing you know, an interview and, and talking, and uh, we got a text from our, our agent in, uh, in LA saying, hey, give me a call and you get a chance. And he said, the show, the tour is canceled. The show tonight, as of, we, as of right now, is happening um go there like you're gonna play the show the only way it's not gonna happen is if the mayor shuts it down and then 30 minutes later i mean our, our so our team like our tour manager and uh, sound guy and everything and our tech already at the venue kind of setting up it was just me and kevin there and uh yeah then we got the call yeah everything's off so we actually flew out the next day and flying back the next day was crazy it felt apocalyptic um being not so much like well the calgary airport was just empty which was strange. And It was also interesting because Kevin and I are coming back to Austin where, uh, where you know, we're residents, but we're not citizens. Mm. Um, so even that was kind of like, oh, like, are they going to like just – it was just a weird thing. No one knew was going to happen. So um, the, the Calgary Airport was just empty, and then the Denver Airport was full, but it was a weird vibe. It was very strange. Planes were late everywhere, and everyone was – I've never seen so many people running to airplanes – It was just, it was just a strange day. So getting home felt good just to make it because it was such an ominous, bizarre day.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's been, it's feels like it's been a long time and that's because it has, but it's, yeah. uh, Yeah. When you say everyone kind of thought this was going to be a couple weeks, it's kind of hard to believe that that was something we may have believed for, for as long as we did.
2: Well, at the time obviously the the, the tour of the glory Suns, I can't I think that was yeah it was in March like you said but we had we had tour dates in May and we were kind of we hadn't announced them yet maybe it was June but um yeah we we're just like st- keeping them and then it's like oh yeah it might not happen and then we canceled them it's like okay well summer's gonna happen uh like August dates and then there at least there was some optimism and then that became well we're, everything got pushed back to the late fall and mm-hmm. then I think it came pretty, pretty apparent by uh, by late summer that you know nothing's happening till next year at the like at the earliest
0: so <laughs> and now we don't even really know about this summer
1: it's honestly this, th- this summer i think is the same there are dates booked right like there's yeah. the pigeon lake festival in august is booked and has bands listed yeah. um but yeah. who knows
2: i think there's more optimism now like there's there's you gotta remember back then like i didn't not even just us like as a collective you know the society but the people you know that we put our trust in like scientists and like the form, like they didn't know that much like it was a new virus that no one really understood yet and now that there's you know there's more there's more understanding obviously you know the scientific community has a lot more understanding now and then like the general public there's more we kind of understand what's happening now i think I think, think as long as things keep going in a good direction, the late summer is very, very possi- possible. Uh, but I guess we have got to see and hope things keep going.
1: And how was it for you and Kevin? Were you guys able to like see each other and, and like practice or, or rehearse and play during all of that? Or would you guys have to stay separated?
2: We stayed separated for the most part. Um, yeah, no, we didn't, we didn't rehearse really. We did some separate things uh, as far as like contributing video content for the, for the band. Uh, we actually rehearsed last week uh for kind of the first time so um yeah because i don't know it was strange we just there was the f- both of us were very <laughs> been very careful this whole time I, I can't speak to to everything he's done but I, i'm fairly sure he's been incredibly safe um i was me and my girlfriend were really safe until we caught covid oh. uh at christmas with her with uh yeah christmas time down here actually got it really badly. It really messed me up. I'm just kind of now out of it.
1: Oh shit. Yeah. Okay. And what yeah. did you, did you have some of that like loss of smell and taste and all that kind of stuff that.
2: So my girlfriend had that. She, so she got it a couple of days after me. Um, we had similar, but different symptoms. She had the loss of smell and taste hurt, which was, she, had, she didn't eat it, taste anything for six weeks and smell is almost back now. Three months later, it's still kind of not there. Uh, it was more so that was, and that was, I mean, I wish it was just that I always said like, Oh, I don't want to lose my taste and smell. Cause I love eating and drinking and that, that'll suck. But no, it was, it was worse than that, man. It was, it was more so my lungs. Uh, I didn't have to go to the hospital or anything, but I was really sick. The sickest I've ever been. And it wasn't, just, I've had single days in my life where I've been sicker, you know, you have like like uh, you're vomiting all day. It wasn't like that, but I was like very sick for about a week. And then it, uh. My lungs were just not right for the next two months. Oh man! Uh, yeah, it, it 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 take you know. I used to run the day I got the day my symptoms came. Actually, I got sick that night. That morning, I did you know pretty fast four five mile run, and then uh, a couple of weeks after I was sick, I uh, I couldn't walk a mile. Like I couldn't walk a mile without being, I could, for the first couple of days, I couldn't do any, I couldn't, my my house isn't big. It's not a huge house. Uh, You know, it's one story, three bedrooms. And uh, I couldn't walk around the house without having to lay down. It was, it was terrible, but I'm, I'm out of it now.
0: What Uh, about drumming?
2: Dude, drumming. That was the, I'm going to be honest, man. It was, it was very hard because uh, it was a couple, it was maybe like, uh, so again, I was really sick for a week. The week after was just kind of like, you know, better. But uh, it was that, it was the week after the week after. So like two weeks after initially coming down with that, I tried drumming for the first time in my garage and just five minutes I had to stop. Uh, it was just, it was impossible. I, could, I couldn't do anything. And that really messed, I'm <laughs> going to do the heavy stuff right away. <laughs> uh, no, it really, it, it really messed with my head, man. Uh, and then, yeah, so I couldn't drum. So I, I just said, okay, which isn't like me. Like, I don't like sitting around. I'm very like active and busy. Uh, but I said, okay, I just have to like do nothing for the next, just do it another week of literally nothing, no exercising, no nothing. And I so I did that. And then the week after I tried playing the drums again, and that was also taxing. So I said, you know, I'm just gonna start with just walking. It was everything I read was like with COVID and like COVID long haul, just start walking. So I started, again, the first mileage was, was exhausting. Then after like a week, probably two weeks, I was able to like do like two, three miles of walking, which was good. And then jog and walk. And now, now I think I'm not back to where I was, but almost. God so, damn. yeah, So It's insane. Sorry it? <sighs> to go heavy. No, no it's I, all
0: good. I've, I, I haven't, you know, it's weird because a lot of people kept, I don't know what the purpose of the question was in the first few months or, or first year of COVID, but oh, well, yeah. do you actually know anyone who's had it? And to this day, yeah. I don't think I personally, if I know someone who's had it, I haven't talked to them about it. And I don't yeah. think that their symptoms um, or the results, the the after effect of COVID uh, affected them like it has you.
2: Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing because and frustrating at the same time. Like I don't want anyone to get sick. Mm-hmm. I really don't. But just people that have not taken precaution, uh, which is fine, hey, man. Each each to their own. But a lot of people be like, Oh yeah, COVID. I got a sniffly nose one night. I'm like, Man, I was <laughs> I was. Uh, it took me almost three months to recover. So I yeah, I had a very different situation. So that's just the weird thing with it. There's just such discrepancies. Some people have it. Again, I know people in, uh, not my, 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 girlfriend's family got asymptomatic, you know, we're just like, Oh, like a little, little cold. And that's great. I I, I wish it was just like that for everyone. But my, my experience and my girlfriend's were, uh, were not that.
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad you're feeling better, man.
2: Yeah, man. Thank you. I'm, I'm, uh, it's literally last week was the first week where I feel like I'm finally over it.
1: And I wonder about w- with touring and you kind of see how much we've uh, many precautions we've taken now through this, yeah. but like when you're a touring band, you're, you're, you're mixing and mingling with people, sweaty rooms Absolutely. every single night. You're shaking hands with strangers every single night.
2: How- I'm in the mosh pit at every show.
1: I yeah. So yeah. how many times have you had to play a show where maybe you haven't been as sick as you were with COVID, but where you've been, you know, high fever or whatever, does that happen fairly
2: often? That is a great question here. So there is one day, yeah, it's happened, and there's a thing called Patton Oswalt. Do you know that comedian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, oh yeah. He has a whole bit about it. It's called. It's about stage health, and how no matter how sick you are, you can be almost on your not on your deathbed, obviously, but you can be very, very sick, fever, aches, vomiting, and somehow like, adrenaline kicks in, and you can muster up like every fiber of your being to be able to finish a show, being on stage like you'll be fine not fine but you'll be good enough to finish and then go back to being sick I remember there was a we played a show in DC, in Washington DC two years ago and it, I was I was I felt for that 12 hours like how I felt for the week of COVID so I was very sick and uh our favorite Thai restaurant in North America is in Washington DC it's called Thai Crossing it's amazing and we were there we were going there for dinner and just kind of like came on me and uh, I had to Again, it's my one of my favorite restaurants in the in the in the world. Probably, it's so good. Um, and I just had to go and lay in the dressing room, on the couch for four hours, up until five minutes before we uh, stayed. I, I guess thirty minutes before, I just popped a bunch of cold medicine, mm-hmm. and then about five minutes before, I drank a Red Bull, played the show, and it was actually not bad. It was an okay show, uh, and then felt good for about fifteen minutes after, and then bad the rest of the night.
0: Man, well, you guys, I mean, you work your asses off from the couple of shows that I've seen, too. It's not, you know... Oh, I feel bad after
2: every show anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have very much yeah,
0: downtime.
1: I can imagine you being just completely wiped. I remember
0: actually, I remember seeing you guys at Bo's and, you know, I was blown away and I wanted to thank you guys so much for for being part of that that whole night because it was oh, yeah. so amazing Thanks for, for us. us. And I, w- I remember going to the green room at Bo's and kind of invading your space and being like, ah, I should have given them like ten minutes because you guys were just like you put so much into it. Yeah. And uh yeah, I can't I, I can't I haven't worked that hard in my life.
2: <laughs> that yeah, like I love talking to people after a show, but I yeah, I need like ten minutes yeah. to just decompress and and then I'll be fine. But yeah, it's just I need a good ten minutes. Just drink water, just sit and breathe, and then and it's okay.
1: So I'm curious with, uh, you know, the energy of those shows, uh, yes. when, when, when Kevin's out there doing his, uh, you know, the guitar solo, he's, he's crowd surfing, like, oh, yeah. are, are you, Pandora. are you focused on what you're doing drumming wise, or do you get a chance to kind of peek out there and see what's going on? Cause it is so it amazing.
2: De- yeah. It depends on the song. Um, Cause a lot of the songs I have to play the synth uh, as well. And so song, one song that, where that happens a lot of the time is bully and it's not a complex bass line it's fairly simple but, but there's just a lot of notes you know it's E, C. you know there's it's not just like a song like speak of the devil doing the bass as well but it's like two three notes two three notes where bully there's like five or six so with bully i can kind of like look out for a couple seconds at a time before having to like focus back now if it's a different song where i'm not having to play the synth then yeah i like to kind of if i'm just playing the drums i can look and just see what's going on i enjoy that sometimes i'm like oh where, where is he now <laughs> Sometimes I'll I'll hear about it after. Uh, again, if it happens during a, a more synth-focused song where he's doing that, I'll be like, hey, what was going on out there? What, what happens? I'll hear I'll hear a big reaction from the crowd. I can only look, sorry, pulled that out. I can only look, you know, because my, my thing's on my left side here. So if he's in that side of the crowd, there's no way I can like turn over there. So I'm yeah. kind of limited space-wise. But I'm always I'm always intrigued. And he's uh yeah,
1: I'm going to ask a awesome. real lay person's question here. So don't, I know you're probably going to roll your eyes, but what, like, what is it that makes you so coordinated to be able to do that? Like, that's one of the things I love about watching you guys. The first time I saw yeah. you guys, I was like, what the hell is he doing on his left there? I'm yeah. Holy shit. How is he working the, that keypad over there?
2: I I don't know, man. I think I just, the, there's a, the big secret is at least early on now, I'm kind of getting better at doing more complex kind of baselines, but is keeping both things really simple so Hmm. either the drum beat is incredibly simple and there's kind of more notes on the like synth or the synth is a little more uh simple and then you can kind of do more of the drums you can't have a crazy bass line with a crazy drum beat as well that's kind of tricky um so that's that's the key that's the key it was just it was just a lot of practice and you know what it is peter it's muscle memory
1: i was just gonna say like how much is it just repeating the same thing over and over and over again
2: A lot of that. Yeah. So when I, when I practice, I, it's rare. I mean, I do sometimes just play the drums, but for the most part, it's I'm making, I'm like trying to play grooves with the synth. So in a bit of a follow,
1: a bit of a follow-up to that then is uh, with your ability to do that, has that kind of changed Kevin's songwriting process a little bit because he can maybe, you you know, instead of keeping things simple, he can kind of add a little bit more.
2: Definitely. It's, it's definitely enabled Definitely, um, a lot, a lot more room for him to do more work, uh, guitar wise. Like I think he said before, like he in our first, our first three albums, first, you know, five years of the band, uh, there was no lead guitar, <laughs> there was no, the guitar, there was like rhythmic guitar, there was rhythm guitar, and now there's chances to kind of have different melodies kind of come into place that never would have been able to be there, uh, early on. So yeah, I think it, it definitely has. Um, giving him more room to do,
0: you know, what he's good at. Yeah. Well, I want to I want to go back to 2018 again, um, and I'm gonna yeah, yeah. I'm gonna put you on the stand for a minute. I'm gonna address oh, some bold claims that you made. Uh, I don't know if you remember. We talked on the phone in 2018. It was two weeks before your beer and a band show here. Okay. Uh, um, I was listening to it the other day. You were sitting on your front porch, so yeah. almost similar to how today started.
2: Different, different house. Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. But um, I brought up this. Awesome quote about you guys that I, I still love to this day from Consequence of Sound about you guys Let's leaving a, leaving a trail of scorched earth and melted mines at Lollapalooza in 2015. Yeah. And you said it's going to be a fun but mildly aggressive performance. Yes. All right. One first bold claim. Second uh-huh. bold claim was uh, talking about Kevin. And you said, I don't want to overstate things, but for me, he's the best front person. There's no one who can do what he does as a front person with his instrument.
2: Yep. Oh, man. That's never been truer.
0: And then your your final bold claim of that chat was that <laughs> yeah. August thirtieth will yes. be the greatest show that has ever happened on that specific date in Red Deer history.
2: Okay, so at least at least I said on that date, which means like <laughs> how many shows have happened on that? Because if I if I said the greatest show in Red Deer history, that's a little that's a well, little much. I'm glad I, I mean it's pretty up there. It's pretty up Man, there. It's pretty so up there.
0: I just want you to know whether you know uh, it, it concerns you or not. You, you all those bold claims came true. So.
2: Fun, but I mean fun but aggressive is about right so I'll take that that makes sense I would say
0: mildly uh, aggressive was mildly maybe aggressive. understating it a <laughs> little bit
2: I was being, I think I was trying to be uh, yeah no that may be understating uh the second one absolutely I mean Kevin no one there's some amazing front people in this world that can sing and, and command an audience uh, and I think Kevin is at least on par with them oh yeah um but then factor in that he's also playing an instrument. Not even just like playing it occasion; like he's playing it every. He's sometimes it's the main thing. I mean, no, no, one, literally, no, no front person that's playing instrument can do what he does. Like I, the only one that's remotely even close is um, uh, what's his name? Uh, the dude from Foles. He's pretty rad. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, still, Kevin's. Uh, he's the only one in Kevin's league. Really, everyone else is not not even close.
0: It was it was unbelievable. And I, we're Pete and I were talking about it the other day that that was your first, not just your first show in uh, in red deer your first time in yeah. alberta after what eight years of of black so, so that Fire? was the
1: first so yeah. they had come through it was i think that was 2017 and then beer in a band was the second time oh, oh, really? because yeah, yeah. yeah. you guys did have the one show uh yeah. i think it would have been 17 and then beer in a band 18 was the second time in Red. Deer. oh wow okay. yeah that's right and then, the, so, I mean, you blew everybody away on that first show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then what really put this one over the top as well, and, and it will go down as one of the greatest nights in Red Deer, uh, is you guys brought Blackalack with you. Yeah, never miss oh, the yeah. opener. Never miss the opener, right?
2: Yeah, Fran and Zeely, those dudes, they shred.
1: And I, I could, like, it was so much fun to watch the crowd that night because, you know, mm. it's Red Deer, and at first everybody's like, you know, rap act, like, what the hell? And you can yeah. see, everybody's like, what the hell is, and, like, within, like, a minute, everybody was like, It
2: was beautiful. Hell yeah.
1: And they magical. Yeah.
2: They know how to get a crowd going. They're just so those two guys. I don't know if you know a bit of their story. They started out as battle MCs. Oh, okay. and They were like rivals, they were against each other. So they were, they were, they're kind of in that lot. Li- they're known for that live environment, you know, like battling against each other. And they kind of came in, in, into one. And so they're just, they just know how to work a crowd and uh, pick those moments. They're just good at what they do. And it's, and they yeah, their show is almost more like a rock show. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. In a lot of ways. And then we knew, we did a song with them, uh, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I uh, uh, it was just good to have them. They, they can, they can, they can both freestyle. So, like anything, I mean, they have written rhymes too, but they're just good at freestyling. So, yeah. And just good dudes.
0: Yeah. it was uh, a Man-
2: managed, managed by a good friend of the band as well, Chris Krishna. Very cool. Uh, we've known for a long time. He used uh, Gary Clark's uh, road manager for a long time.
0: Oh, is that how you guys got that uh, on that uh, Gary Clark tour? or?
2: No, uh, Gary, uh, Gary was, we're, we're, well, for a long time, we were at the same agency. We were with the WME oh, okay. uh, agency. Um, so I think that's kind of how that came about. And we've actually toured them a couple times. Oh, okay. we did, uh, all, it, it was never long tours. Mm-hmm. It was always just short little runs. Like, oh, we'll go do four shows with Gary. Okay, cool. And then yeah. we did a European run one time, too, which is our first time. Well, our second time in Europe
0: that was how I became aware of you guys because uh, a good friend of mine went to see Gary Clark in Toronto. I think I'm pretty sure it was Toronto. Oh
2: yeah. yeah. And
0: uh, y- yeah, yeah. You guys open and, and he texted me that night. I'm pretty sure I'm like, dude, you've, you've got to check, check this band out.
2: That, yeah, that was a good one. We brought um, Kevin's brother is a world champion bagpipe player. <laughs>
0: oh, wow.
2: Yeah, he is. He goes to the, the games every year and I think it's <laughs> Glasgow. Maybe it's Edinburgh, bro. but I think it's, anyways scotland again i think it's glasgow one of the two big cities uh he goes every year to compete he's incredible again he's a a world champion he's either he's in the top couple guys every year and he's won before um so we brought him on stage to to jam at that toronto show
0: that must have been uh, so cool
2: yeah yeah because he can shred he he actually uh, entered a contest a couple years back on a toronto radio station where he could play thunderstruck by acdc on the bagpipe
1: while <laughs> chugging a pint of beer <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> which is a pretty amazing talent there's got to be some youtube of that somewhere yeah. i got to see that yeah. write that down searching that <laughs> yeah uh one last thing i've got on on our beer in a band that we uh did here i've actually i've got the set list from that night okay and i'm just curious if you guys do this all the time or if it was just a beer in a band thing um but Uh, the everything is opposite all the song titles are opposite words even you guys have the name of the band at the top is brown shotgun smoke
2: Um, you know
1: and like pick your poison which was the name of the beer that we had uh, done with trouble monk that night was choose my antidote so is that a normal thing for you guys to do with a set list
2: we i think because because we don't normally uh the first time we started writing set lists actually was just the two were last year that got canceled um Because you know, they were bigger, it was like you know, the arena shows and with the glorious suns and all that So of our, our true advantage. Like, you have to write because he was also doing lights at the time. So, like, you guys need a set list prior to that. We had never, we never wrote anything down. So, I think we did it for that one. I think Jimmy, actually, our sound guy, was like, he's like, man, fans want the set list, you know, like people want it like signs So, we're like, all right, man, you can write it. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, oh. so, I think that was, I think I want to say that Jimmy did that. Maybe we tossed out some suggestions, uh, but I think that was all Jimmy
1: the whole thing is uh yeah like well run rabbit run was gallop gerbil gallop
2: oh yeah yeah that was
1: good uh speak of the devil talking about jesus yeah. um, talking about jesus er- yeah. <laughs> this one is pretty long oh
2: that's the name of the song this one is that, pretty long
1: so, so what does that translate to let's see if we can test oh, here this one is pretty long it's
2: it's either run oh, you said it was uh bully or this one is pretty long i don't know did you what figure it? it out? No, I don't know.
1: No, most of them I could kind of uh, translate, but that one I I couldn't. Maybe it was on. our
2: "Oh Well" slash "Where You Been Before" jam thing that we did because that's it's it's like twelve minutes. So,
1: so how, would you guys change up the set list from night to night, or how does do you guys kind of get yeah. a, a group of songs together and just rotate through them?
2: There's always there's there's always a couple songs that could start the show usually two, you, you, there's like three, usually three songs. And it's like, okay, well, it's a, it's one iteration of those three starting, and then, you know, usually second, third. Uh, and there's only a couple handful of songs that can end the show. So those are usually known, um, but we'll, we'll switch it up. In the middle songs, we always try to, every night, there's usually a handful of songs um, from either, usually not the first album, but more so like the third, fourth, fifth, whatever album, those kind of songs that weren't singles, but people like, and we like playing, but aren't you know, like, not that they're hits necessarily, not that all the other songs are hits, but like the ones that kind of your deeper cuts. So we always try to incorporate at least one or two of those in, which that don't normally make the regular set list. We always like to have, uh, trying to think of examples, like Bad Blood is one, uh, like st- st- uh, Slow Knife Stiletto from E. Graffiti, Eastside Racket is one that we try to sneak in. Again, it also depends on the crowd because some of those songs are bluesier. Like Eastside Racket's more punk. Uh, so, and uh, there's another one that's more group. So it just depends, like what what the vibe is, and that kind of dictates the set list.
1: And will you will you change it on the fly then, depending on kind of what you're oh, reading yeah. to the crowd? Yeah,
2: a- absolutely. Some and sometimes if the crowd's, it's weird because if it's <laughs> if it's a rowdy crowd, then you want to keep things rowdy. But then if it's not. If it's like a middle of the road crowd, we're like, oh, it's good, and some people are into it, and 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 then obviously they, their energy progresses. That set list is easy. If it's a crowd that's not, that's kind of more sedate, you almost want to hit them with more stuff to kind of wake them up. So yeah, no, they get they get switched up. There's a couple covers that we, the big cover. So there's one cover that we do a lot uh, was Childish Gambino's yeah, Redbone, which is fantastic. Kind of, Amazing. Yeah. That was get, getting in a lot of the... That was pretty much every night going in. There's a couple other ones that we'd rotate in. I think we did it actually at the last Red Deer show, Beer in a band. I think we did Ohio, New Young, which we hadn't done in a long time. I can't remember I if remember. it was
1: that or because you guys also played shortly after that was the, um, uh, it was at the Sonic Festival in Edmonton.
2: Did we do? It? I don't think I we did that. No, we didn't. Do I it do. There. I
1: I do know for sure. I've seen you guys do Ohio because it was amazing. I just can't remember what show it was at.
0: I feel like I yeah. remember Gambino at Gambino for sure at this uh, in Red Deer as well. That second show, it,
2: Gambino definitely happened. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Neil, the, the Ohio we did for a long time early in the band. You know, like eight years ago or something. It was kind of a staple, and now it's just <clears throat> really once in a while. Another one that I like doing, but it really has to be the right crowd. I've only done a couple times. We do an Aneurysm by Nirvana. And that's the one where we don't do every other cover we do. is kind of different, you know, it's like a different arrangements, kind of a different vibe. Andrews is the only one that you have to do straight up. <laughs> yeah. Know, do as is. So yeah, again, set list. I'm rambling the yes, but set list.
1: No, I honestly, I love, I love so getting good. into the minds of the set list. Like again, you know, I like, you know, kind of studying how Eddie Vedder puts the Pearl Jam list together, right? He grabs oh, a man. bottle of wine a few hours before the show and, and just kind of writes down what comes to him. i I love the the vibe of of putting a set list together,
2: oh, that's great. yeah. and I think I think the big thing is opening and closing. You know, the middle songs are easy because you just want them to, to be good. and like every song you know we like every song. so um, but having that big first two, three songs and a big one two punch to close. and we haven't we don't always do encores. We'll only do them if they're legitimate. Now, if, hmm. if it's if it's not, I mean, yeah, yeah. if people are che- cheering, yeah, we'll absolutely come out and do a song because it's an encore, but I always find it awkward when I go to a show and there's, you know, the band goes off for a second and no one's really clapping and they just come right back right yeah. away. And I just, I'm like, I don't want to do that. So if people will do our last song and then if they want if an encore, is necessary, start absolutely. We'll do one. Sometimes if it's a really ratty crowd, we'll do like four. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So it just, it always just depends.
0: It would say like thinking back on that, first or the the beer and a band show at Bose, and then yeah. a year and a half later was the centrium show the arena show uh yeah. it would
1: be right around that yep yeah.
0: like it was how was that your first time going through the the arena circuit i don't remember how many shows you got to do before no
2: um, that was yeah that was the first time. it wasn't many we only got to do uh there's toronto we got yeah. to play which what you, used to be the acc which is crazy
0: like how how was that as someone who grew up in the area what was like
2: Oh, it's wild. I couldn't sleep that night. Um, <laughs> it was crazy. Uh it, it's it's strange being sorry, I gotta plug in here. It was strange being um because we played a lot of festivals, you know, mm-hmm. which are big crowds and you know they're huge spaces. It's different than it being contained. We played, you know, bigger rooms that are you know three, four thousand capacity before, but never never somewhere like that. So that was it was special. It was it was it was cool. It was it was different and weird you know being the opener you only have so much time to like for everything for your and just it's just how it is for your sound check for your show and everything so it was it was just it went by so quickly um but it was yeah pretty amazing did they give Very you the special. full
0: the full maple leafs dressing room
2: no that have <laughs> been oh man that would amazing uh didn't get that but we had no it was, a, it was a nice space and uh and everything and it was it was cool to be in the underlings of the arena that were I don't know, just, it, it the kind of cavernous back ends like I don't know it's a catacombs it's, it's interesting the, yeah, catacombs. the catacombs thank you very much
1: i knew thank that some way, way somehow you were going to work the maple leafs into this conversation i didn't yes. but i consider no, myself lucky so you guys have been in austin now for about a decade right
2: yeah on uh, on and off i've been here a lot. probably like uh, let's call it 7 years cuz the first 3 right. years were very wishy-washy
1: and have you maintained your connection to the Leafs? so you guys still follow or are you guys uh stars fans uh, now or
2: i can't speak for kevin i'm a leafs fan through and through uh it's always every year whenever the leafs get knocked out it's inevitable <laughs> whenever it happens uh, uh it's always a very sad day i don't just because we don't get we don't get games yeah. purely from the leafs we actually do get more now if so I don't follow much. I mean, I follow. I see how, you know, how, how I, want, I check in how they're doing. My family's diehard. As my parents, my mom and dad are especially. So I always check and see how they're doing. And then I always, the playoffs I can, we always get. So I'll always watch the playoffs if they're in. Um, I did, me and my girlfriend did go to see, this is right before the pandemic last year. This is maybe a week before that Toronto show at the at the Scotiabank Arena. We saw the Leafs play the Stars in Dallas. So we drove to Dallas for the game. Obviously, we were. a uh, I had my Leafs jersey. She got her uh not a jersey but like a Leafs sweater type thing. Were there a lot of hey, us? Yeah. It was a decent turnout. It wasn't crazy. It was probably like a thousand Leaf fans, okay. you know, which was decent, but I will say I got to say man, the Stars fans are pretty passionate and it's a pretty fun atmosphere.
1: It's a rock and roll crowd, right? Like they pump yeah. like I've, I've any games I've watched Dallas play on TV, I always want to applaud the music guy. Because they crank yeah. out some pretty good shit through those. Well,
0: is it the stars that are like had a pretty big connection with with Pantera? Pantera. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. so they did.
2: The, so the Pantera, I think two of the brother or two of the guys in Pantera did the theme song, which right. or like the goal scoring song, which is Dun Dun Dallas, Dun Dun Stars, dun, dun. and it's like, <laughs> and then you know like a big riff. Um, But they do that whenever the they the, the score, and it's rowdy everyone screams it it's it was maybe the best hockey you know no i love leaks they're my team but it was maybe one of the best hockey atmospheres i've ever been to
0: that's really cool that's good to hear though i mean you, yeah you, you want to hear about uh, a successful hockey game in texas of all places
2: yeah and walking into the stadium you know we drove there in the parking lot every like maybe not every but i would say 95 percent of people going to the game were in their stars jerseys which you just in Toronto, there's just you just don't see that. That's but
0: awesome. Hey, I didn't. I just want uh, on the record. <laughs> I didn't continue the Maple Leafs chat. All right, it was I you. I will take the okay. credit
1: for that. Yes, it was totally.
2: Uh, but you yeah, did but start it.
0: So. Ha- so an opportunity. They're having a
2: good season though. The the young the younger the young ones are fine. Are you know the superstars I, now?
0: I also didn't say that. That was
1: from <laughs> Eric himself. Yeah. I will nod. I will nod in agreement. Should see the eye rolls every time he comes into the station and he's got his Leafs jersey on. It's uh, yeah, there's where do
2: allegiances lie in red here because y'all are like, are you guys right between Edmonton and right in the middle, almost almost exactly
0: halfway?
1: So it depends on which team is doing better usually. But I I, like, Uh, I'm an Oilers fan, so I'm probably rose colored and think that it probably leans Oilers. I've
0: done the poll a few times with listeners, I, I do believe there's a much bigger maybe not much bigger. I do think there's a bigger Oilers presence yeah. I, and yeah. why not? Come on. Let's be realistic. I
2: so I was actually in Raleigh, North Carolina when they lost game seven oh, to the hurricanes. You got to bring that up.
1: I sorry. Uh, sorry. Uh, well,
2: I was, I was cheering for so me, me and uh, my two friends were at Bonnaroo yeah. uh, in mm-hmm. 2006, just as young fans, just having a good time. Uh, <laughs> And then we set, so I actually have family, my, my aunt, uncle, and cousins live in Raleigh, North Carolina. And uh, we said, we knew the game was on Monday night and we said on, you know, before we got to Bonnaroo, which is in Tennessee, if it goes to game seven somehow, we're going to, we're going on Monday. And so we found out literally Monday morning, cause we were just, you know, having too good a time at Bonnaroo, uh, we checked and was like, oh my God, it's game seven tonight. tonight's in Raleigh. And we drove the 10 hours literally from Bonnaroo to the arena. We couldn't get tickets because they were going for, you know, thousands of dollars. But my three cousins had tickets and, and went to the game. And so we just watched outside. There were still thousands of people outside watching on big screen. So we just went there straight from Bonnaroo. Hadn't showered. were just gross hippies or whatever. And, uh, yeah, we were cheering for Abbott. It was fun to be the bad guy cheering against the, the crowd. So anytime the Oilers did something, well, we'd get up and hoot and holler and all that. So, yeah. But they lost It was... We well, either way we're going to have a good time no matter who who won.
1: So we had I didn't have a very good time that night. Were you up in Edmonton? Uh no, I was at home and I like I I feel partially responsible for it because I like and I've dialed back my hockey fandom quite a bit because it was actually pretty unhealthy for me. Um, it really was, I got, I was just too into it, but I I, like, I always watched the games alone. Buddies would go to bars and go and watch the games in the bar. I always watched games alone. I yelled at the TV, the kids were always worried about me because I was just, so my, I had a buddy that day. He's like, dude, he says like game seven of the Stanley cup. Let's, let's get some beers and we'll watch it together in your basement. And like, I knew, I was like, ah, you know what? I always watch it alone, but I succumbed. And he came over, and a couple of guys were there, and we watched that was like the first game I've ever watched with multiple people in my house, and they ended up losing the Stanley Cup. So that was it. So I, it was all it was all your fault. It's all my. I, I'll take the responsibility now. I don't clearly. think it was your fault. I, I have
0: a distinct memory of watching that in my basement because a close buddy of mine in Oakville was a huge Oilers fan, so we watched that whole series, and I, yeah, it was just this sad sense of defeat for what like the last two
1: three minutes well yeah it was still like it was a one goal game right it was two to one going into those last minutes and anyways we don't need to keep reliving this
2: <laughs> it was just interesting to to be there for something like that kind of you know on the outside, not really having uh a, a stake in the game if you will. like i you know, i wanted edmonton to win but I, you know it wasn't gonna like break my heart if they lost sorry guys it, it just, I, was, I wanted them to win but <laughs> Watching going there and ha- you know being on the streets of downtown, everyone was partying and just seeing the sad oiler fans that were there. It was just they were just walking the streets in their jerseys. It was it was so sad.
1: <laughs> you know, it's funny. I actually just uh, we're kind of are are we are we do we have a little break? Do you guys need? We're we're just gonna fill here anyway, so this doesn't need to be a part of things. But we were yes. in uh, Anaheim the, three years ago, uh, and the Oilers had that uh, triple overtime game against the Ducks. Okay. And the Oilers, oh, yeah, the Oilers yeah, yeah. Were, up, they were up 3 nothing. So, we, again, we were on vacation, so, and I got tickets for that game. It was a round two series, I want to say. Oilers are up 3 nothing, and we're all decked out in our Oilers gear and having a good time, and everything's great. And then bang, 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 the Ducks just eh, goal, goal, goal. They tied it up at three. Yeah. And then it went into double overtime, and uh, I forget who it was on the Ducks, if it was Perry. But he had his – I don't know if you guys remember this, but he had his hand kind of wrapped around the Oilers goalie's pad. Oh, no, I the, don't. And the Ducks oh, scored, yeah. and they counted it. And it was just again, just pure utter devastation. But unacceptable.
2: And, and and you were there for that.
1: We were there for that. Unfortunately, were you exhausted by the end of like oh, by, end, like,
2: by the third overtime? Were you exhausted? We
1: were so euphoric, right? Because they were they're up three nothing, and I do mm-hmm. like I think it was a series clinching. If I remember correctly, it would have been a series clinching game, and then they ended up going back to Edmonton. But yeah, you're just so euphoric, and it's a three nothing lead, and then all of a sudden it's three one, and you're like, okay, well that's alright, we still, like we yeah, got yeah. this. And then it's three two, and then it's three three, and then yeah, and then yeah, in a triple overtime, which just defeated, absolutely defeated. Which, and then geez. you got to walk out of that building. And there's oh yeah, were you? Like we wearing your gear? Uh, well, totally decked paper, out in gear. Paper bag over your so, head. At oh that yeah, point. it's just like a, you just had to tune everything out because you're getting chirped left, right, and center. And
0: I think that's one of the benefits of cheering for the Oilers and the Leafs is that you've had decades of heartbreaking <laughs> disappointment to prepare yourself for, uh, yeah. you know, the risk of blind optimism. <laughs> yeah, of a exactly. three nothing lead. That's how it goes. Um, I, I want to touch on those festivals. Are we are we back oh, up? Okay, okay, we'll talk about that in a second then. <clears throat>
1: um so do you did you play hockey at all growing up eric yeah dude yeah, yeah i
2: played um i so i don't i don't know what the levels are in alberta oh, you know in, in ontario you have like house league then select which is like the best guys and honestly play each other and then there's a double AA, a triple a definitely was never triple a was never double a i was a single a player so i was like on a rep team and i traveled and everything there's no no shot of ever like making the nhl or anything like that <laughs> We're a rep team, and we played, you know, we did tournaments in Buffalo and Detroit and around what know, team Ontario. was it? Uh, I played for uh, the Toronto Hawks.
0: Okay, yeah, where did like where did you guys grow up? You went to you were uh, classmates for a long time, right?
2: Yeah, we went to kindergarten.
0: Okay, then. where whereabouts again
2: in Don Mills? Okay, uh, which would be I don't know if you know Toronto.
0: Yeah, like I, I, gr- I grew up in, in I did most elementary school in in Scarborough, and then we moved out oh, to – Oh yeah, Scarborough,
2: so... Oh, dude. So Don Mills is on yeah. the border, of Scarborough. Yeah,
0: I was a warden, warden and shepherd.
2: Dude, that's uh, Don Mills is, is is, dude, that's so close. Don yeah. Mills is. Uh, so where we were was uh, Don Valley Parkway in Lawrence. Okay. Or Victoria Park is between Don Valley Parkway and Victoria Park and Lawrence. Like so what, literally, which... Victoria Park is that's the border of Scarborough, North York. So we were like just on that side.
0: What, what high school did you go to?
2: Senator O'Connor.
0: Okay. I, I would have Cat- gone to, uh, John A. McDonald.
2: Oh, I had, I had a friend that went there. Yeah.
0: But yeah. those days, they, they didn't end up happening. <laughs> no. We, we moved to the burbs. Ah,
2: uh, yeah. Uh, Senator O'Connor is a Catholic high school.
0: Oh, okay. So, so I, I learned how to swear from you guys.
2: <laughs> there you go. It's interesting down here because Catholic schools are, are private and like, not there's just not many and it's just, growing up and having gone to one like it wasn't hardcore or anything it was just like another school yeah you know i mean you just have to like occasionally have one religion class
0: and it was all about all sorts of religions mm-hmm.
2: yeah the gra- uh 10 grade 10 i was about to say 10th grade but no grade 10 there you go uh yeah there's world religion class where you learn about buddhism islam judaism Taoism. you learn about everything so i do I mean, wish that that.
0: i i do wish i had access to that in in uh, high school I think that would have it been cool. beneficial.
2: It was cool. Uh, yeah. The, the other the high schools closest would have been Victoria Park, Dom Mills, uh, York Mills, a lot of Mills, a lot yeah. of Mills y high schools.
0: Um, I do want to touch on you mentioned Bonnaroo. I don't know how yeah. old you were, but Pete was, uh, you were listening to an interview with Kevin, right? Yep. Talking about the uh, Eric and Kevin going to festivals in the I, States. I can't
1: remember. Is that where you guys, uh, The heat, so you talked about seeing the police reunion tour?
2: That was that was that that wasn't that bomber I was talked about. That was the year after. Okay. So that would have been two thousand seven. Yeah, just as fans, just being, you know.
0: So like how, how how young were you when you started venturing into the States to go to these music festivals?
2: Maybe what was that? 2016, 2006. oh six, yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh twenty-two.
0: Okay, okay. You know, okay. like
2: in in college, in university still. Right. Um yeah, and I the first year. Got stopped at the border, big pat down. Uh so ha- I, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry I stopped that audio. Um we had my this was the Kevin wasn't there this year. This is two, this is the year before. Um <clears throat> we had my my little Chrysler neon. It was the one year where Dodge wasn't making neons, but Chrysler was. Uh, neon. Was, yeah, neon. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Chrysler neon. Been there. It was s- small. So there's three of us going down to Ballroom to camp and you know watch the show so we had all of our camping gear all of our food all of our booze it was like and three of us in the car so it was like tetris you know we literally had to sneak in loose water bottles in the crevices it was just packed so perfectly It took a long time we got to the border and we said we were going to route. so they, I assume. And they yeah pulled us over and it was a big you know where's the weed uh if i find it it's like a ten thousand dollar fine you gotta walk back home we're like, no man, we don't got anything. And then we had to sit in this waiting room for I don't know, like an hour. Just like in this freezing cold waiting room. And like all these other people got busted. And we had we had nothing on us. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not stupid, we weren't gonna bring anything, but uh we came back after however long oh, they inter- yeah, we had to we got interrogated separately. Yeah, it was a whole thing. So then we came back, like all right, you three, come with us. And then we go to the to the car, and it's just everything was just everywhere. We're like, no, <laughs> it took. Two hours to pack that, and it was just scat. I mean, they were they were going through everything. That's what they're doing, is what it is. Uh, and they're like, you gotta go, get out of here, hurry up, we need the space. We're like, man, it took two hours to pack that. So they ended end up leaving a bunch of groceries. Anyway, I'm digressing them all over the place. Uh, but yeah, went to that. That 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 was the first year where Bonnaroo was becoming less hippie jam band and having a little more um, like indie alternative influence. So Radiohead, Radiohead was what was a headliner that year. That year was um, Tom Petty, Radiohead, and then and Phil Lesh and Friends, which is Grateful Dead. So like more hippie stuff. So those are the three headliners that year. And Tom Petty's set was amazing, and the Radiohead set was was wild. Just they never had pits up. It's eighty thousand people. They didn't have pits up that year, so it was just like eighty thousand people in front of the stage. And when Radiohead came on, they like rushed to the stage where you're like lifts it off. You know what I mean? Where you like, lifts it off your feet?
0: Yeah, shoulder and like, to carry- shoulder.
2: Yeah, and just like everyone pushing. It was pretty crazy. So the next year they enacted uh, like a pits, like rows of... Uh, but um, that year was rad. Saw some cool shows. Cypress Hill, Damien Marley. I uh, can't remember what else. Uh, but 2007 was The Police, Tool, and uh, Widespread Panic. So again, they they kept with the Sunday night, theme, the hippie jam band kind of, mm-hmm. everyone do drugs kind of show.
0: Ugh, I get so upset whenever people tell me they've seen Radiohead because I feel like I've just missed out on every opportunity. I'm either here and then they're there finally after eight years. and uh, Yeah,
2: all the accident. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. 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 I had actually, I had just moved. I think I had moved to Calgary from, from Ontario to Alberta like three months before that show happened. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was so tempted to go back. I'm kind of glad I didn't go back because that show didn't yeah, end up course. happening, but
1: how often are you going to shows that like, if you guys aren't part of a bill, like, do you still like to go to festivals? Can you go to a festival uh, and, and just be a fan and not kind of analyze everything that's going on?
2: Uh, I will say now festivals uh, are a little trickier. I mean, I, I go to ACL here every year if we're not playing, no matter what, cause it's, it's here uh, and I can uh, usually snag a pass.
0: Oh, I didn't um, even think about that. Yeah, yeah. That would be amazing.
2: Yeah. So I, I, me and my girlfriend have gone pretty much every year again, unless we're on the road time and, and not here. Uh, but i've gone a lot most years to acl which i love i love uh, i love that festival I Love, love going to the shows other festivals i haven't because we play so many festivals i don't travel the festivals as much <clears throat> i usually usually what there is is one year that there's a festival that, that i'll love and my girlfriend will love as well and we'll just um be like oh that's the one and if we're not on tour and like leaving the next day it's like oh let's i think i might want to go to that whole festival so one that i i've done a couple times and was going to do last year was a festival called uh, so actually, you know i can't say never mind yeah you can <laughs> yeah i'm yeah. sure you can oh i'm not allowed to say because i don't think the bill oh. was announced okay fair know. enough okay, fair enough okay and they're not announcing it yet i think i'm not supposed to say it. all right uh but you, yeah, usually there'll be a festival that has a great lineup that i'll oh no wait i take it back that festival lineup was announced. shaky knees oh, okay uh so usually there'll be a festival that's like that, where uh, if we're playing it, I'll stay around the whole weekend and uh, play our day, or maybe not the whole weekend, maybe I'll do at least another day and check out some acts. But man, I go to, again, pre pandemic, if I'm here, I go, go to a lot of shows, me and my girlfriend. That's one, that's probably the thing I miss the most is I miss playing, obviously, and performing, but I really miss going to shows. Mm-hmm. Go to a lot of um, kind of like psychedelic and garage kind of punk kind of stuff, but really anything, but that's kind of the bread and butter.
1: So we obviously get the feel for it here. I mean, how uh, devoid of, of shows it is here and how tough it is. But what, what is it like for a city like Austin? That is just, I mean, that's that's it's a music city.
2: Yeah. Um, I think it's really strange. Um, you know, people are trying to do, you know, live streams, which are, I I, I appreciate that people are trying to do it, you know? Like, you got to do something. I personally don't really watch any live streams myself. I mean, I have seen a couple, but it's just, it's just not the same thing for me. Uh, again, props to everyone doing it, putting on support musicians. I think everyone needs to do that. Um, so I don't know. I think it's really tough for a lot of people, especially in a city like Austin. There's a lot of people that... Austin's a very different city than a lot of musical cities. There's a lot... There's a lot, uh, there's a good contingency of musicians that make their living just playing around in Austin, playing in different groups as, as side people, like, oh, I'm the bass player for this group and that group. And, uh, you know, just like like hustling like that a lot of people make their living but more so than other cities it's pretty incredible so i think it's really tough um and some really cool venues have actually closed because of the pandemic i think mm-hmm. i can think of two in particular again austin has no shortage of venues there's a lot but there was two really cool ones that closed down which is um which is a bummer the barracuda is one which is such a great venue um i can't think of the other one off the top of my head but yeah it's struggling they, they are starting to have shows at not kind of your bigger venues. Well, Stubbs has a couple shows, but they're trying to do the, you know, 25% capacity, have a table. Um, so there's some places like that. And I think, you know, I think there's a huge, there's a, a big demand for it. So I think people are going, um, but I'm just, that's not me personally. I'd rather, I'm, once I get vaccinated and like have a month to like build up, even though I know I've already had the disease, um, I don't know, I just want, once things are safe and good to go, yeah, it's going to be party. of you know,
0: before, but sounds like you're being just, very you know, patient like, and and uh, you know I, I like that a lot but i'm curious was this always supposed to be record release year
2: no it's supposed to be last year okay yeah so we had a we had a big year plan last year mm-hmm. really big um you know the Glory sense tour was was a big tour for can for canada it was really big um big shows and then we had you know three u.s tours some big festivals some that i can't you know ones that i can't say uh, and then a big European tour booked. Um, we're going back to here. We we're playing. We we're going to play in Norway for the first time, wow. which would have been uh, incredible. So no, it was it was initially going to come out last uh, like July.
0: <laughs> so yeah, you had a huge twenty twenty plan. Now one thing that I've wondered about some of those festival dates, mm-hmm. some that I'm sure you could have announced or were announced, some that you couldn't, like. Is there any guarantee from some of them that when things get back, you're you're automatically on the next bill?
2: Yeah. Okay. yeah there is. Yeah. So that's good. That's just a big big question is if uh, if they happen. Yeah. You know. So yeah, fingers crossed. We'll see. Fingers I'm crossed. Optimistic.
0: That's I'm good. Optimistic. I'm glad to hear that. Optimistic but patient it sounds.
2: But patient. Oh yeah. I've man. I haven't done anything. <laughs> you know. <laughs> My girlfriend. I we've. Uh, yeah, you know, rented some Airbnbs in the country and all that, but I haven't been left to Texas. I haven't been to a restaurant the whole time. Been getting a lot, but Austin has such a good food scene. I've mm-hmm. been, uh, yeah, we, we we do a lot of takeout. So, uh, and hey, speaking of good food, yeah, Bo's. love going to Bo's.
0: There we go. The the I, the guaranteed I, I Bose a, shout
1: out. I have a feeling this will be a common theme through uh, much of this. We had talked to uh, Tyler from Said the Whale earlier this week. And uh, yeah. same thing. I mean, that was I, actually, that was the first thing that yeah. came out of his mouth was, uh, you know, what they expected. I think, what did he say? They expected a <laughs> couple of bottles of water and a six pack of beer yeah. back there and then got this huge mass As of spread. As the opener at the time. It, yeah. was, it
2: was, if not the best spread, at least, like I'm trying to think of what would be compared. No, that was, I think, the best spread we've ever had. Maybe maybe there's one that's like close to it, but like it was it was very impressive.
1: So like I think Brennan it's is getting much. to our guests before we even do these. Like, does is Brennan Ford no, no, you as on e transfer? I already paid Eric. It's all okay, good. okay. The e-transfer's been done. Okay, good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, speaking of of, you know, Bose, I think uh I don't know if you remember this and I feel really stupid about it, but uh last year you guys were at the station before your, your arena show at the Sun or at the Glorious yep. Suns, and you asked for a ride back to the venue and yeah. we were just talking and while i was driving and i just uh, spaced out and drove you to the back of bose force yeah, I, hammered, I think right and you were yeah. like uh yeah this is not where we're playing it's like yeah, oh I do remember that. Okay, that, was, that was dumb <laughs> and then it's off- all good
2: we made, we made the show in time we got uh <laughs> we actually bought some i i bought a bunch of road like old used road hockey sticks a couple of days before for the, for that tour so we were just like in the back of that where the, the centrum is that was called yep. yeah we were behind the stage just, like, shooting a pun ball around before the show. Us, us and the glorious Sons. It's great.
0: That would be fun.
1: That would be a lot yeah. of fun. Well, I can't wait to hear some of these new songs uh, live. So, some, obviously, some of the songs on the album have been sitting around for a little while then?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and uh, so, you get the album out. Uh, what about the video uh, for Look Alive? Was that video, was that done earlier? Yeah, or? that was...
2: No, that was done fairly recently, actually. And uh, it's out now. And uh, yeah, Oh sorry, guys. One second. Yeah, it's out now and it's doing well. And uh, I think people seem to really be liking
0: it. Is but, that a director that you've worked with before? Like, uh, I've.
2: I, don't, I, I didn't I meet the director at all. Okay. Uh, I think Kevin might have a relationship with them. This is our first music video in a very long time. Okay. Actually, um, we kind of decided, um, you know, music video. Videos where it's just a band fake playing their instruments. I mean, we did two of those <laughs> a long time ago, and I said, well, "Let's just let's just not do one of those ever again." Like, I, I love it, like a live performance, which we're gonna do, you know, more of, like, uh, videoing actual live performance. Those are rad, and if or if it's like a really incredibly artistic kind of uh you know, like a, a piece of art, visual art to go with the the song. I think that's really cool, which is what this one is. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just finding the right way to do it you know and like something that looks cool that represents the song um, and yeah it's not just us fake playing our, our instruments because I don't know who wants to see that
0: well that's I'm, I'm glad to hear that because part of this whole thing here is actually the opportunity for you to play around with that idea if you're ever next time you're in Red Deer and you so want oh, to cool. yeah these guys have built a pretty cool space for that kind of stuff oh, nice. so.
2: what's it called what's the is there a name to do it we have an do we have a name yet <laughs>
0: This, Bo studios, Bo studios
1: yeah. there you go nice yeah it's it's pretty new yet
2: right
0: it's we very still
1: new. kind of let the vibe of the place kind of settle in a little bit
2: i i have a question who is this bow character who
0: is bow <laughs> that's a good question because i think i think the lore is that what 20 years ago was, was it called Bo diddly's
2: it, it
1: was Bo diddly's and if uh, ryan okay. you can correct me if i'm wrong Bo todd yeah. is was the original owner yeah so there is there is an actual bow
0: the legend of Bo todd yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's right. He actually, there was one in uh, Lloyd Minster. I was living in Lloyd in the late 90s and there was a Bo Diddley's wow. uh in, in Lloyd as well. So there is a Bo. Uh we I'll bring Brennan back into the conversation again. We have no idea what's yeah. going to be happening with with Touring uh, and when you guys are gonna be able to get back here again. But Brennan mm-hmm. says if you guys yes. make it back before the end of 2021, okay, he will get a black pistol fire tattoo.
2: All right. That is uh definitely
1: a good selling point. Sorry, my dog's just wait. What when,
0: when did he say this? Uh, l- earlier today. That's I amazing. A text from him earlier today. Maybe like get that. Oh,
1: actually, yeah, we could even get the uh, beer can. Go. We do have the, uh, the pick your poison can there.
2: Oh, it's, you it know, good. it's such a delicious beer too. Uh, so good. We had, so we we had, Brennan gave us, Brennan gave us uh, like several flats that we had on our tour bus mm-hmm. for that tour. But then, uh, which we're all excited about. And then obviously the tour got canceled and we can't, you can't fly back with, you know, cases oh, of beer. God. So there's, at the guy, that, uh, Lou, who owns the bus, uh-oh why are you okay sorry my dog's freaking out uh the guy that owns the bus and he's on vancouver island he has, has all the cases just kind of waiting for us i hope they're, they're still good right they don't go
1: uh, yeah you know what actually i did I've, <laughs> i i i did have like a, a connoisseur would probably definitely be able to tell the difference but if you're uh, just kind no. of a little bit more casual palate then no you probably won't
2: i do love uh, i mean i do love beer uh, and I love the It was, it tasted so good. Oh, It, Just, was, it was perfect. It was phenomenal. refreshing, and but great but, summer beer. Know, yeah. Great summer beer. I, I, I brought it to my cottage near Buckhorn. There you go. I, I honestly,
0: I think this was, you know, I'm a little picky with beer, but this was one of my favorites ever. I wish I, I wish we could still get it, but
2: yeah, I know. Oh man. I love, I love a, a second run. Because uh, again, it's perfect. A little hoppy, but not too hoppy. A little bit of that citrus. Oh man, it was. I kind of want one right now.
1: <laughs> to say it's beer time. Well, you said you have a couple full ones. Right? I do still have a couple. I, I like the collector in me doesn't want to yeah, open them. I like course. to have them kind
2: of saved. And I I
0: drank mine and then <laughs> kept the can, kept... which yeah. is another yeah. way you can go about
1: that. Is that right? Yeah. Did yeah. I, yeah, I, oh, yeah hmm,
2: interesting. I have one. I have one full can, so it's uh, <laughs> it's waiting. I'm I'm tempted by it though. I'm tempted.
1: Well, we can't wait to get you back. Yeah. Uh, those, like I was getting into saying, there the songs in this album are. I just, I can only imagine how much they shred live and how much fun yeah. they will be for you guys to play. It's an incredible album. It's
2: thank you so much. Yeah, yeah we're, stoked. we're stoked, man. One day, one day, when it happens, when it happens, it's going to be wild.
1: It will be. Yeah,
0: it will be. I'm very excited. Well, uh, Kevin, thanks so much, Eric, sorry, man. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Um, uh, always yeah. a pleasure to talk to you and. Hopefully someday you can head north again.
2: Yeah, we'll get thanks you in for this. S- me, everyone.
0: We'll get you
1: in here, and you can check this place out firsthand.
2: All the different places named Bows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh Cool, man. Yeah. Everyone out, everyone out there, stay safe. Yeah.
1: Awesome. You too, man.
0: Glad to hear okay. you're fe- finally feeling better. That sounds like a thank you. Yeah. What? It wasn't threat. good,
2: but I'm, it wasn't good, but I'm good now. All
0: right, good man. Well, thanks for joining okay. us. Go take care of those nine texts.
2: Yeah. Somebody's winning. There's probably twelve now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Thanks, man. Right, thanks, guys.
1: Peace. See ya. My God, what a chat. Wow. Like <laughs> uh that, absolutely amazing. You know, we should mention that before we started chatting with Eric, he was actually outside. Yes, outside. And somebody started a chainsaw. Yes. And sounded like they were sawing metal, so that's why Eric was inside.
0: Some of the many perils of uh, outdoor podcasting, but he, he did move himself inside, and we had that awesome discussion. And uh, the more we do these, Pete, more, and more I'm missing live music, which is a struggle.
1: Especially after a, like a band like Black Pistol Fire, that's exactly the type of show that we need. Sweaty, loud, frenetic. Insane. Absolutely insane. So, uh, episode two of The Road, The Stage... Tell your friends,
0: tell your other people, follow us, subscribe. Just tell like. random
1: strangers. Just grab somebody walking down no, the street. No, 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 no touching. Oh, no, no touching. <laughs> no touching. No, no touching. Um, Just yell at random strangers yes. to follow the road, the stage.
0: From a safe distance. And please, please go subscribe to the Bose uh, YouTube page as well. Bose Barn Stage. Search it up. That's where you can watch our videos. Download the podcast wherever you can. And check out Black of Fire if you haven't. If you haven't, uh, we don't need to talk until you do. New episodes
1: every Wednesday, 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 Wednesday.
2: The Road, the Stage is produced by Ryan Cooley and Riley Sir Yin, recorded in Red Deer, Alberta, and in partnership with Bose Bar and Stage, Troubled Monk, and Tourism Red Deer. The Road, the Stage.